0: Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be, let me tell you, okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such. Taxation is theft. Oh, yeah. God damn it, motherfucker. Yeah. We're talking peace, love, and honor. These governments of this world are you. The FBI is feeling the heat. Your own conscience, your own morality, your own decision, your own self. You alone can do it. There is no authority but yourself. The BR Hates Fed Show. Welcome to the rice fields, motherfuckers. What's up lads and ladies, this is BR, and I hate feds, and today is Wednesday the 18th of August 2021, which means it was two days ago that the US succumbed to the graveyard of empires. We finally, I guess kinda, ended the war in Afghanistan? It's um, it's a shaky time, It's it's hard to just declare it all over, although that's what they seem to be attempting to declare it over, but... So we we just pulled out the final 2500 troops there. There's talk about sending some back. Christ knows what where they're at with that because Biden seems on an absolute warpath, if you'll forgive the pun, to to like just rip the band-aid off, be done with Afghanistan and and move on, uh probably to the Congo or somewhere else he doesn't need to be. Um <clears throat> so yeah, it's a uh, It's a grey and thundery day, so it's kind of appropriate for the, the atmosphere of the news cycle at the minute. Every single story that's not about, um, pointless, distracting shit. Well, I guess, I guess a lot of the Afghanistan stuff is pointless, distracting shit. There seems to be, like, a condemning of Biden from every angle, which, you know, I'm fine with. He's a piece of shit, like every other politician before him. People are shaming him for pulling out. People are shaming him for how long it took. People are saying it's going to lead to a humanitarian crisis. But the whole ordeal was inevitable. It's not like we've been fucking with Afghanistan for 20 years. We've been fucking with them for a 100. <laughs> they, they call Afghanistan the graveyard of empires for a reason. I mean, everyone from Alexander the Great... Genghis Khan, the British Empire, on three separate fucking occasions of cheeky cunts. I guess four if you include the, uh, War on Terror. But yeah, the Brit the Brits tried it three times, four times. Um, the Soviets tried it. And then the Americans, um, of course, specifically the CIA, went in and trained the Mujahideen to fight the Soviets in a proxy war. And then, hey-ho, a couple of years later, <laughs> fucking, like, a decade or so later, we're fighting them. And, yeah, it's just... It's it's where, it's where empires go to die. Every single entity that entered there couldn't quite crack Afghanistan and then paid the consequences for it. The British Empire, certainly not as powerful as it once was. Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and now, it seems uh, the US and NATO, NATO itself, might be coming to an abrupt end. The next German Chancellor, I forget his fucking name because who cares, it's Europe, has already started condemning the pullout by the U.S. and is questioning Germany's alliance and their, their NATO involvement. So, I mean, it's going to be a really fucking wild uh, year or so as we see the fallout from kind of um, every little facet facet of uh, Western involvement in Afghanistan and kind of watching the whole thing scale down, fall apart, dissolve and erode. And... Meanwhile, Afghanistan itself is completely under Taliban rule, except for a few pockets of local militias who are starting to put together um, resistance movements, as they did in the previous Taliban control from 96 to 2001. So, it's going to be a spicy fucking time. Uh, I guess it always kind of is in Afghanistan, but um, yeah, we, we've helped, helped bring their technology level to the, to the next stage from the soviet union era gear they were still rocking i mean they were they were still rocking you know lee enfields from the last time the brits were there yeah they're they're carrying around lovely fucking everything from salty m16s to hk416s these days as well as all sorts of other ordnance god I, i don't even know where to fucking start with this absolute shit show how do you how do you sum up 20 years of of war something that's dominated the majority of you know your and my lives, um, most of our listeners, we grew up with this war. This was the war of our lifetime, the longest war in U.S. history. We'll probably beat it, but, you know, the uh, the formative years of our life, our, our parents, I mean, mine, you know, I, I come from a military family, uh, many of yours, um, many of you were over there. Yeah, family, friends, injured, dead, damaged, or just time taken from them, fighting in a sandbox that we had absolutely no fucking reason to be in. It's, um... Yeah, it's an odd time to see it just dismantle so quickly, and, you know, it's... I have mixed feelings, you know. Obviously, I grew up with my my dad being sent away for, you know, long periods of time. Um... to you know, take part in this war, in, in some form, I'm not going to go into specifics, but, you know, it's, um... it it's, it's fucked up. The whole thing was fucked up. We should never have been there. Obviously, the Afghanistan papers showed that there was no fucking plan from the beginning. It was the perfect forever war. It was just walk around until you get shot at, engage, drop ordnance, you know, Raytheon stays happy... And, uh, you know, so what if a few kids end up in caskets draped with a American flag? Or, or Christ, half of Europe, Australia, you know, all the coalition forces that had also no reason to be there. Um, it, it's a strange fucked up war. And so to see it come to a close in such a messy way is no fucking surprise. But of course, the, the masses don't really, they, they barely fucking paid attention to the fact that we've been in, in a war like this for 20 years. It was just, just a fact of life that, yeah, we're fighting in the Middle East. Meh. And, you know, (laughs) if you ask them, hey, did you know we have troops in Africa right now? They would look at you like you're an alien and probably, probably have to Google it. They would probably look at you like you're making shit up. Um, they think that, oh, well, the troops are coming home. Fuck, no, they're not. We are everywhere. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll end up back there. I'm sure it's going to end up way filthier and more war crimey than ever before. As we, as contractors, manage to stay in Afghanistan for the next probably 15, 20 years, if not permanently. Um, now that we've been there so long and had such an influence on this generation of Afghanis, you know their culture. Truthfully, we really fucked them over by by westernizing them and making them pretty soft. Uh, Because now the Taliban is searching house by house and looking, they're they're literally confiscating mobile phones and checking for a history of using, um, of of speaking English, of uh, interaction with Western media, all that kind of thing, as well as, um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Taliban, they invaded Kabul uh, two days ago, two, three days ago. And, um, you know, I'm not Scott Horn. I don't have every fucking single detail about the thing, but just more the the cultural impact it's going to have is... ...pretty fucking dark. It was inevitable. I mean, you know, they they were there in, like I said, 96 to 2001, uh, dominating the country, and then we were there for 20 years, and now they still dominate the country. Um... They probably dominate it more effectively than they ever have before. We gave them shit-tons of equipment, shit-tons of weapons, really modern, well-working stuff, Um, facilities, bases, infrastructure. Your tax dollars went towards creating a a ready-built terrorist state. And, you know, obviously, on this show, we're going to call every state a terrorist state. But um, <laughs> the Taliban are very fucking honest about it, uh, at the very least. Christ, we're giving the Taliban credit now. Um, yeah, the, the president fled to Asia, uh, reportedly with 169 million US dollars in a, in a case with him. I wonder where that money came from. You think he, uh, you think he made that from a memoir or something, like uh, like most of our good politicians? Or you think it came from somewhere else? Yeah, and uh, then (laughs) Biden maybe, I forget how long ago it was, but as talk of the drawdown was coming up um, the past few months, past few weeks, he he explicitly said we would not be evacuating the US embassy in Kabul the way we evacuated Saigon at the end of uh, Vietnam, and for those of you who've, who've seen it, almost certainly everyone has at this point, um... Well, the pictures from Saigon had a you know Chinook style helicopter come to the top and evacuating the last few people as NVA forces and uh, Viet Cong were coming into the city, you know, ready to fucking kill anyone because <laughs> the war was over. Um, and the same thing happened in Kabul. They were last minute evacuating people, destroying as many documents as they could, and bullshit. They got all of them. You know, the Taliban has everything they could fucking want. There's even been pictures of stacks of cash, like, pallet-style Breaking Bad, uh, (laughs) pallets of US dollars, um, in Kabul, so I'm sure, I'm sure that's probably CIA safe houses and all all sorts of weird shit like that going on. People who, you know, spend time over there will know better than me, you know, the kind of way, uh, cash is handed out for collateral damage and, and stuff like that, so of course it's just on hand. I mean, Christ, we left them gyms and... Humvees, helicopters, there's been, there's been video of <laughs> Taliban flying US helicopters. It is fucking wild. This, this generation of Taliban, you know, th- there's a few, like, grey-haired dudes out there, but most of these guys are the same age as us. They're people who grew up in this war, they, they saw their dads and grandfathers, you know, weathered M- Mujahideen fighters, probably trained by CIA, uh, to fight the Soviets um, were then fighting, you know, US and NATO invaders, they, they grew up with that kind of culture, and now they have all the infrastructure and equipment they could ever need to be more solid than they ever have been before, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, obviously there's a lot of pressure from mainstream media, like, oh, we need to go back in another 20 years, that'll do it, we gotta protect women's rights. Twenty more years of endless war, and uh, yeah, we'll certainly we'll certainly fix the women's rights situation over there instead of making it remarkably worse. I mean, of course they they were already under tyrannical, evil rule. No one's debating that, but we just went in for twenty years, radicalized a fuck ton more of them, um, and they didn't control the whole country like this before. Um yeah, we equipped them, gave them infrastructure, gave them money, <laughs> clearly gave them training. Um, cuz and and not just um when they were Mujahideen fighting the Soviets, a lot of the Afghan National Army, you know, they got their training from the US and uh they fucked right back back off to the Taliban the second it was suitable. I mean, we had all sorts of um green on blue incidents while the ANA was being trained these last 20 years. I think it was something to the tune of like 80 billion spent on training them, and they let the country fall in what a month or two. So that was that was money well spent, and of course most of them, you know, played their cards right and just went right back to uh, to the Taliban when when everything fell apart. There'll, there'll be a handful who went to um, the rural militias and defense forces that are kind of popping up, which I'll go into a little bit uh, in a minute yeah, by and large, they just folded right back into the Taliban, because it was the safest option for them, and, uh, yeah, now they have the perk of, of training, insider knowledge, and all that good stuff, so, yeah, really, really killer job there, Pentagon, um, not that I, I doubt they really care, I mean, they're leaving, you know, 45 grand night night vision goggles in piles behind on U.S. bases, uh, you know, because they're, quote-unquote, too expensive to ship back. It's like, you fuckheads, are the size of a tissue box. But, <laughs> that's, uh yeah, that was the US withdrawal from Afghanistan. Absolute fucking disaster, as it always would be, because we never should have been there in the first place. People are like, it could have been handled better. No, it couldn't. It absolutely fucking, well, all right, it could have been handled better, but it really, it was going to be a fucking shit show no matter what. It, it's It was like... It it really was an inevitability, just the way the whole war was handled. No no real executable goals. It was just, just invade, occupy, drop bombs on anything that moves, <laughs> and stay there until we've won, until the, the region is stable. Because uh, apparently you can stabilize a region by drone-striking weddings and hospitals and then expecting no one to get pissed and suddenly be like, huh... Maybe they are the bad guy. Hey, how's it going guys? I just want to take a quick second to answer a question I get quite a bit these days. So a lot of people ask me, uh, BR, how can I support what you do, your shows, and all that good stuff? The best way to do that is to check out my lifestyle brand, Liberty Punk Inc covering all of your niche political shirts, stickers and flags needs, everything from slaps that are weatherproof, can go on your car, go on your hydro flask, all that good stuff, to full-sized flags, you can fly outside your house, fly at rallies, present something a little bit different, our peace, autonomy, and liberty, or our anarcho-betsy flag are always popular. We have a whole ton of clothing options too, of course, and you can stop wearing all that grunt-style shit and start wearing something that truly shows off your belief in actual liberty best way to find all that is to search liberty punk inc online or you can go directly to SpiritResistance.com, find the liberty punk inc collection or you can follow the link in the description of any of my solo show videos and find my store that way every purchase supports me and what i do spirit resistance and we have a part for liberty community issues if you pick something up feel free to tag me thanks for all your support guys let's get back to the show Yeah, this is one of those wars that won't make the history books beyond the footnotes in 20 years. Like, did anyone... Yeah, obviously I didn't grow up with American schooling the same way you guys did, but... You guys get taught Vietnam? I don't think so. It's... You get taught all of the, you know, the glorious westward expansion, with, you know, minus all the Indian genocide, of course. Um, No one mentions Vietnam or Korea or any of these... Modern failures of the military. It's always the glory days when the US was on top Which is why everyone seems to think the US can still operate that way and uh, That's just That's just the status quo now. That's just the way we fight wars Now I know a few of you are well a lot of you are a little bit autistic and you know dig the numbers I don't numbers I'm allergic to them, but if you want to put this whole 20 years into numbers Bruce Fenton on Twitter did a pretty good job of it. So, the price. U.S. troops killed in Afghanistan, 2,448. Contractors, 3,846. Afghan military and police, 66,000 of them. Allied troops, 1,144. Afghan civilians, and I'm sure the official number is a lot higher than that, four thousand seven hundred two hundred forty-five. Afghan civilians. Taliban and other opposition fighters, 51,191. And how many of them had a an AK dropped on, on them after the fact to remove them from the civilian count? Aid workers, 444. Journalists, 72. Some of them by drone strikes. Thank you, Obama. Uh, spending $2 trillion, which is a, that's a fantasy number. It doesn't exist. It's fucking nonsense. But to put it in perspective, that's $273 million per day over 20 years. Again, it's fucking silly money. And what do we have to show for it? We have, um, probably, probably the world's first, like, out and proud terror state. I, I don't know, someone, someone checked me on that, but, whew. So he goes on, with interest, it costs twice that. This money was borrowed like a credit card, and will be paid by taxpayers who are now children, or have not yet been born. And, uh, the source for the above data is the Associated Press. So, yeah. Um, again, numbers don't really click with me, but those, those kind of fucking do. That's, uh, oof. Strike. That punctuates it. <laughs> not that my fucking mic's gonna pick that up, but... God damn. And oh god. Again, I, I don't know really where to where to just dissect this, how to do it systematically cuz it's a shit show. Which I'm just I'm just sifting through it. <laughs> so US intelligence agencies who said just 4 days ago that Kabul could fall in 90 days have revised the figure to 72 hours and of course that was a few days ago cuz now they're uh, they're putting their feet up on the fucking presidential desk. Nice, shiny, new HK416 in hand. <laughs> they have spokespeople. I've seen lots of pictures of the Taliban wearing masks. Like, not, not you know, covering their faces for anonymity. Like, surgical masks like they're afraid of COVID. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, I, I don't know if that's a, a press move. They, they're, like, establishing this terrorist state, and they're like, hey, 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 we might be terrorists, we might stone women for reading, but, the virus is a very serious thing, and, you know, get your vaccine, wear a mask, (laughs) uh, oh, of course, we can't, uh, we can't fail to mention the C-17, so, fucking everyone in the world has seen the, the video of the C-17 leaving Afghanistan, um, and the airfield, the like Kabul International Airport, I think it is, uh, U.S. military C seventeen was leaving, packed with, I think like a record-breaking amount of passengers, around eight hundred, supposedly. Some people say five hundred, whatever. And it had people hanging on to the outside, and people packing the airfield. People were so desperate to flee the country because it, had, you know, come completely under Taliban rule, and they've all been like many of these people have been associating with um you know western society western government western culture for 20 fucking years can you imagine living your life for 20 years especially if you're a younger person and then you know if in a handful of days you have to completely revert to a, a stone age level of culture where you you have no no autonomy over your own your own life you're you're forced to conform to one standard And if you fail, you get fucking drug out in the street, publicly humiliated, and then killed. So, yeah, I I don't fucking blame these people for clinging to the outside of a plane to to get away from that. Um, Of course, clinging to the outside of a C-17 during takeoff uh, isn't the wisest move. And there's a video, I I put it on my Instagram, you can see when it's first taking off, they're all clinging uh, to the outside. And then a few seconds later, when it's actually in the air, you see some dropping off it, which is pretty, pretty fucking grim stuff. But, um, (laughs) Biden, so, so the the video circulated everywhere. It had to. It was fucking awful. And, um, so just today, Biden was being interviewed about the disastrous Afghanistan uh, pullout. Uh, US, the US's pullout game sucks. Um, And, uh, he he essentially said, you know, what do you, what do you make of the video of the C-17 and people falling off it? And Biden goes, that was four days ago. And it was two days ago, for one, which is hardly the point, but that's, that's his answer. That that was his answer. It was four days ago. Get over it. He's, uh, he attempted to rip the bandaid off because it had to be ripped off at some point. It was, this is how empires die. They wage wars they can't afford which they're losing for zero fucking real gain, apart from enriching, you know, a small elite. Um it's just it's just politically suicide to continue it any longer. Um and now he's they they found themselves on a an awkward point where half the population is like, Well, we should be there. Like, look at what they're doing and the half the population is so war weary, especially um, as me and Anglo were talking about in a previous episode. We're we're not just war weary from the war on terror, not to mention the war on drugs and everything else, but also this this war against the invisible enemy, this complete lockdown on uh, on normal life. People are fucking exhausted from just the COVID shit. So if if they try it, they're like right now in the middle of a pandemic. All right, well we're going back. We gotta we gotta take on the Taliban just like there was that kind of after the. The start of the drawdowns, ISIS was all of a sudden the new boogeyman, and we got a few more years of the war on on terror out of that. Um, I I really think it's possible to continue it, It, for us to go right back to Afghanistan. Um, Christ knows what they're going to do, but you know there was the talk of pulling three thousand out, sending two thousand five hundred back, or vice versa. Um, Who knows? Because it seems it's it's political. It's 100% political. It's not out of the goodness of anyone's hearts to send these these troops back. It's it's to mess with the approval ratings, and we'll see we'll see if they can stomach um, being judged judged so harshly for pulling out. Uh, if there's going to be a scapegoat, they already tried. Like, oh no, it was the Trump administration. Mm, I mean, also the Obama, also the Bush, and then Christ other Bush, Reagan, (laughs) you can, you can play the blame game all you like, you can blame different departments, different generals. We should never have been there. Simple as that. From this whole fiasco, possibly my favorite in a fucked up way uh, quote from this is, of course, from our beloved press secretary, um, Jen Psaki, the Taliban also has to make an assessment about what they want their role to be in the international community, at this point, it's just like, well, fuck it. I guess they're a, I guess they're a government now, <laughs> which um, you know, it's, it's not the weirdest thing for, for our government to legitimize a terrorist nation. I mean, it's that's part of the game. You know, we send fucking millions of dollars to, to countries like that. But, damn, just saying the quiet part out loud. You know. So I was going to talk about the the various militias popping up, because of course. As the Taliban seized control of, um, of various outlying areas and then cities, they were disarming um, civilians because obviously they, they don't want any resistance. They want just their men on the streets, um, like any any good authoritarian government. So <laughs> people are disappearing off into the mountains, you know, going in the woods, um, and there's all sorts of interesting groups. There's uh, there was one. What were they called? God, I, I'm I'm gonna absolutely butcher this. Tik... Tik... Mm, Tikus... Tikusina... Anarchist... They seem to be like a... Like a... Afghanistan... Um, anarchist militia... Who have publicly said they're gonna stand up... And create their own autonomous region... And resist the Taliban... Which is really fucking cool. That's exactly why... You know, we always talk about being armed, capable, sufficient, and, you know, like, you have to be more than a fucking gunfighter if you're gonna live in a, a terrorist nation as an outlier, and as effectively, you know, persona non grata, enemy in the field, you gotta be fucking self-sustaining, they're not gonna be able to just have their little township and, uh, and be stationary, they're gonna have to disappear off in the mountains and be self-sustaining for probably years, years and fucking years. If they hope to have any kind of resistance, and um, yeah, there, there's nothing more important than being capable in that way. Christ, this happened over a few a few months. Obviously, we all knew the drawdown was coming. The know, yeah, it, it's been in the cards for a minute, but all of, like within a year, the the landscape of your country can completely change, and that's true of anywhere. I mean, just look at the fucking U.S. right now. <laughs> the lo- the last two years have been fucking wild and something out of a dystopian sci-fi film. But no one would have expected that two years ago. So being being capable and, uh, and self-sustaining and all that good stuff, that's something that is vastly undervalued in our very soft and luxurious society. You know, we all value our creature comforts and, uh, very few people are willing to give them up, or capable of giving them up for a long period of time without just <laughs> just becoming an absolute wreck of themselves, so, um, it'll be interesting to see how they do, I hope, um, they have a Twitter account, uh, I'll, I'll find it in a second, probably put it in the show notes, um, some of it's in English, some of it's in, uh, <laughs> Afghani, I don't know, I don't know what they speak, um, so, you know, fucking power to them. Uh, there's, there's a few other bigger militia groups. Previous resistance movements are kind of reactivating uh, with the worthwhile elements of the ANA as well as any kind of civilian resistance fighters. So there's hope, you know. It's, it's good to always see that when there's a boot stomping on someone's face, there's always going to be someone who's like, mm, not my thing. So, let that be a small bit of optimism in an otherwise pretty grisly situation, but I, I mean, it's going to be Mad Max out there for a, a long fucking time, and like I said, that's not from 20 years of destabilization, that's from 100 plus years of people fucking with their business when they shouldn't have. The, the country's been a war zone for most of its modern history. Regardless of how we might feel about this whole thing, there's going to be a lot of vets out there and kind of people with, you know, vets and their families and stuff who might still be all gung ho about we were doing the right thing. And if we just stayed there a few more years, we could have we could have won that war. We could have done it right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so Julian Assange put it best back in 2011. Uh, The goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the US and Europe, through Afghanistan, and back into the hands of transnational security elite. Of a transnational security elite. The goal is an endless war, not a successful war. And, uh, yeah, it's a real wonder why he's rotting in a British prison, awaiting awaiting trial to, uh, rot in an American prison. Uh, But unfortunately, there's many vets out there who, you know, they might have underlying feelings that the war was you know, not really worth it or whatever, but a lot, a lot of a lot of people are not quite where we're at. So, you know, uh, be it's, it's a pretty fucking tough time. If you're, if you're a vet or you know vets um, who are struggling who might be in a pretty fucking dark spot, I mean, the pandemic alone is uh, very isolating and kind of, um, you know, fucks with people with mental health issues. But this, on top of that, is, is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a high-risk time right now for anyone who who might be feeling worthless for, for having participated in this whole thing. So, if you do have friends, if you are a vet with mental health issues, um, or your buddies might be, uh, you know, be there for them. Um, whatever you need to do to just make them feel, you know, Appreciated and seen as as fucking you know, soft and huggy as that sounds, uh, to just be sitting there isolated in your apartment after coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and just watching all of these headlines, I can only fucking imagine. Just being just being a military brat is enough to make my blood boil, but yeah, there's people who've got out a fucking lot rougher than that, um, uh, so yeah, be, I'm, I'm trying to balance how I'm covering this with being sensitive to that, because it fucking sucks, you know, like, it's it's propaganda all over the place, people were convinced to join at a very young age to fight in a war that was for freedom or something, uh, to, to defend America, and then we spent 20 years putting the Taliban in a more powerful position than they were at the start of the war. On September 11th, 2021, 20 years after 9-11, the Taliban will be more consolidated, more armed, um, and just <laughs> fucking comfier than they've ever been before. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a hard one to swallow if you were over there, you lost buddies fighting them, you know, etc. So, there's hotlines, reach out to a buddy, reach out to someone... You know, fucking anyone. Um, <laughs> I oddly I think I've I think I've kind of covered everything that's gone on recently. I mean, it's only been like I said, only been two or three days since um the Taliban rolled into Kabul and kind of made it official. Uh, we we knew it was you know the dominoes were falling, but it it seems uh seems like pretty fucking solid now and. I don't really see anything changing too much from here. I think it's going to take a minute for resistance groups to kind of get their shit together and kick back in any way. And then I'm sure we're going to be chucking them supplies and fighting a proxy war through the resistance groups who will inevitably end up mixing with the Taliban. It's going to be a shit show. And uh, we'll find plenty of excuses to keep Raytheon paid and all their buddies. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I, I... I really hesitate to call this the end of the the war in Afghanistan. Certainly the war on terror. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're still all over the place. Boko Haram in Africa and all sorts of other conflicts we're getting our our fingers into, so... Yeah, don't, don't celebrate quite yet. I've even seen libertarians praising Biden for ending the war, and you have to be on some seriously fucking whacked out drugs to think this is the end, unfortunately. Wish I had something a bit more optimistic to, uh, to say. <sighs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see where this goes. I'm obviously, you know, war is one of my, one of my big topics. I'll be continuing to cover this on here and on the E-Militia. Um, I'd love to get some, some people on to share their experiences and what they think in this moment in time uh maybe some people who can speak more to uh to the vet pov but um yeah if you're if you're struggling right now be well reach out someone talk to someone and uh otherwise thanks for listening people and i'll see you next time